on this episode of Revang. I just think anybody that pairs Max Verstappen is just screwed. You can also make hand signs. Very fun. Actually looked a lot better. While the shapes still make me angry, uh, <laughs> the Stingray Rob slander will continue until he either leaves IndyCar or does really, really, really well. Please don't get us sued, Ben. I can't afford that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the first episode of the third season of Rev Hang. We are here, and we are back, and we are on camera. We're now on YouTube and Rumble, and we'll be posting video clips to Instagram and TikTok as well from here on out. I'm Nathan, and I'm very excited to be back here talking about the 2024 motorsports season. And alongside me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing wonderfully. I love having the sun out. I love that everybody can see my face now. Uh, it really puts a, a higher bar for what I wear to these podcasts and how much eye contact I have to make with my screen. <laughs> I can no longer look at Reddit F1 news while we're recording. I have to give full attention, but I can also make hand signs. Very fun. Well, we could. I found myself staring at the camera, which might be a little awkward. So I apologize if, if I make you feel weird. Um, we'll just minimize your screen a whole bunch. <laughs> there we go. All right, so this is obviously a new format for the audio-only listeners on Spotify. Nothing has changed, but for the YouTube and Rumble people, uh, we're here. Hello, this is us, YouTube people. Uh, I already have the first two seasons in audio-only format on the channel, so you can go catch up if you'd like to uh, on Rumble. I do not have that up and probably won't, but we are the first and only Formula One podcast in English on Rumble, and I'm very excited about that. So welcome, everybody, all of the new faces all around. Uh, we are still on Spotify, like I said, and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and anywhere you get your podcasts. So you can still feel free to check us out. But you can watch us all at once on all of those platforms. It only helps us. Yes, this is true. Uh, if you can sync all the audio up on that, I would be very, very impressed. Um, but let's just jump right in. We've got a ton of news and predictions to go over for the upcoming motorsport season. Uh, so let's dive right in. First off, the news that shook the world in, uh, in the offseason for Formula One. Lewis Hamilton signed a multi-year deal with Ferrari for 2025 onwards. Who knows how many years? I don't think that's been published, but uh, it is very exciting nonetheless. And the silly season as a truck with a big engine drives by, has officially started. It's a little late this year, but... Or is it early for 2025? Well, it's early for 2025, okay. I would say. Yeah. Uh, season for 2024 hasn't even started, and the 2025 lineups are already getting shaken up. So, yeah, here we are. To be fair, the, the 2024 silly season was actually not that silly, and actually mostly just pretty lame. Yeah, I mean, nothing changed. We have the exact yeah. same lineup as we had last season. Uh, so there was no silliness, which was a little sad, but I think we all knew that uh, 2025 was going to be the big one. And so You're going to love our predictions for the driver loadouts so for far, each team. It's going to be a good one. Um, so Lewis Hamilton moving to Ferrari. Absolutely insane news. No one saw that coming. Uh, we all thought there was going to be a crazy silly season, but 
uh, I can pretty safely say that no one saw this coming. <laughs> um, Anyone who did see it coming and said so more than a year in advance or even more than three months in advance was probably just speculating and got lucky. Yes, most likely. Uh, I remember waking up, getting ready to go to work, open my phone. That's the first thing that pops up on Instagram. And I, but I looked for a solid five minutes into it to make sure it wasn't a joke because I swear I thought it was. And then I kept seeing it and <laughs> confirmed like official sources. And uh, I couldn't believe it for the rest of the day. That was that was kind of mind blowing. Yeah, it's the end of an era. Absolutely the end of an era. Um, and possibly the beginning of a new one. We'll see. Maybe Hamilton will bring Ferrari their first championship since 2007. I would not keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> well, yeah, for... no, that would require Ferrari also getting their shit together. And... Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, moving on to other news. I'm sure we'll talk about that more as the season goes on. That's kind of gigantic coming coming soon uh next news we've got gunter steiner was released from haas over this offseason um for various reasons they say it was mutual i doubt it <laughs> um yeah there's so many different things some say it was mutual some say it was gunter's decision because there was a sponsorship conflict or something there's a, a million different reasons, but at the end of the day, uh, they have promoted their en- lead engineer or head of engineering. Yes, I some like that, some technical director, I think. Um, I should have put his name in here. Um, oh, well, yeah. we'll get it next time. For sure. <laughs> uh, I know his last name's Kamatsu because there was this joke that he's sponsoring Williams because his name, his last name is on the Williams car. Uh <laughs> different company i am sure but uh but yeah yeah i'm excited for it i think gunther was very exciting to see and i think he did a good job getting haas off the ground but i think after that he kind of lost the lead a little bit and that in conjunction with gene haas's pretty high level of uh apathy towards the team it just didn't really lead to any (laughs) notable results for that team yeah yeah for sure uh, i think it was time for a change uh who knows how it's gonna do i well we'll talk about Haas a little more later but i don't see things getting much better <laughs> um no all right next up we've got some more team principal news uh sort of christian horner has some pretty serious allegations against him right now or uh, inappropriate behavior is what it's being labeled. Uh, interesting, it's not labeled as sexual harassment. Um, that seems to be what it kind of is, but it's just labeled as inappropriate behavior, so take that as you will. Nothing has been officially announced yet. There has been an independent investigation launched, launched by Red Bull uh, into these incidents, but... Uh, Nothing, nothing yet. So we'll keep you posted on that, of course. Uh, I know Ford is getting a little antsy about all of this, and they want to know what's up sooner rather than later. They kind of hinted earlier today as I was writing the script for this podcast 
that there will be serious consequences for Red Bull in terms of their relationship with Ford if nothing has been announced by the Grand Prix on Saturday. So, we will see what happens there. Ford is calling for transparency and swift action. Uh, and I know Red Bull does not want to lose the partnership with Ford since they have been working on their engine for the last year and a half. And uh, a setback like that could be disastrous for the new regulations. Yeah, yeah, and especially, yeah, it's just a, a hard hit for Red Bull. Really, no matter what the outcome is, it's just been a, a whole fiasco for them over the past, how long? Week? It's been more. It's been a couple of weeks now. More? Two weeks? Yeah. Like, it's a lot of bad publicity, and they always say any publicity is good publicity, but when you're Red Bull and you have so much <laughs> control over the publicity you get anyways, yeah. stuff like this can be really, really hurtful for the team. For sure. Yeah, not all publicity is good publicity, especially not not this one. Um, not when you're a, a multi-billion dollar racing outfit and marketing exercise. Yeah, no, Red Bull does not need the publicity. Um, but moving on, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that more as the season progresses, probably in the next episode as well. Um, Silverstone as a circuit has been renewed for several years. I forget the exact number, but I think it was at least to 2030, if not further, which is a good thing. Silverstone is a legendary track. Um, happy to see it stay. Um, if you did have to get rid of another track to keep Silverstone, which one would it be? If I had to get rid of another track to keep Silverstone, are we taking Why is away it Miami? I was gonna say we're taking away the obvious picks that will never leave, like Miami. Uh, <laughs> I love you beat me to it, Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah, Miami would be my first choice. If I had to get rid of a track... Or Qatar. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, uh, we'll take away the newer tracks that were just added with the intent of being long-term. Probably... Mm. That's a tough one. Maybe Hungara Ring? Hungry? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Hungary is always like an under-the-radar one that I forget about. And then it's like, oh, we're racing in Hungary this weekend. That's right. Sometimes interesting stuff happens there. Um, the racing's fine. But, yeah. It's yeah. just one that, like, when you think about F1 tracks, I feel like Hungary always slips under the radar. Yeah, I'm never like, oh, boy, we get to go to Hungary to race. I'm so excited to watch this Hungary race. Yeah, even though some of the races there, most of the races there are pretty decent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Silverstone is a track I feel like can never leave the calendar. It's just got the legendary status. Uh, Spa is another track like that, but that seems like it will likely leave the calendar in the next couple of years, uh, unfortunately. And then Monaco is also up in the air, but I think that was extended to 2028 at least. So <laughs> that track has got to be on life support. Yeah, they got to get a better deal where they can film their own stuff rather than having the Monaco filming team film it. Yeah. Cause oh boy, we all remember the Lance Stroll incident. Um but uh Yeah. Yeah. So in our final entry on Paddock News is Andretti was rejected by the F one teams. Uh so as of right now they are not getting on the grid in twenty twenty five. 
uh, or 2026 and beyond at the moment. Uh, we'll see what happens, if anything happens in the future. I've got my predictions, uh, and we will talk about that later in the episode. Yeah, it sounds a lot like 2028 will be their next best chance at the soonest. Maybe. Uh, because that's when GM will be ready to provide power plant support and give them their own motor. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's a long time to wait, especially when you put up this much money and this much effort into getting in sooner. Yeah. Well, that's that's rough. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, but uh, that's it for paddock news. Let's move on to our predictions. All of well, not not quite actually. We'll start with uh, IndyCar and just go over all of the known drivers that we know for sure will be driving this year. Um. There's a couple of interesting things. I believe David Malukas is injured uh, at the moment, so I think he will be replaced for the first couple of races. Um, so we'll see who takes his place. I don't remember. Was it David Malukas or was it someone else? Might have been Christian Lagarde. It was one of the younger guys. Yeah. Um, so there might be some other drivers that show up this season that are not on this list, but as far as we know... This is what we got in order of championship finishing from last season. We have Alex Pillow, Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, Pato Award, Joseph Newgarden, Marcus Erickson, Will Power, Christian Lungard, Alexander Rossi, Colton Herta, Kyle Kirkwood, Felix Rosenqvist, Roman Grosjean, Renus VK, Graham Rahal, David Malukas, Helio Castro Neves, Santino Ferrucci, Marcus Armstrong, Augustine Canapino, Stingray Rob. Connor Daly, Ryan Hunter-Ray, Takuma Sato, Ed Carpenter, Marco Andretti, and Pietro Fittipaldi, who was not in the sport last season, but he was a couple of seasons ago. Uh, and then our rookies, Tom Blankfist got a full-time drive with Meyer Shank Racing. That is exciting. Yeah. Um, Kyle Larson is a NASCAR driver who will be taking part in the Indy 500 with Errol McLaren. Uh, That'd be cool. Yep, Linus Lungfist, uh somehow in two races convinced Chip Ganassi Racing that he's good enough. So Linus Lungfist will start his official rookie season with Chip Ganassi. Uh, we've got Christian Rasmussen, who I assume came from Indy Lights. Uh, he's a rookie with Ed Carpenter Racing. And then Kiffin Simpson, who I also assume is from Indy Lights. Uh also convinced Chip Ganassi Racing that he's good enough. So I think Chip Ganassi just expanded their their team to have more cars because they have a ton of cars this year. But yeah, that's four for them, right? Yeah, four, five, five, like five. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it's gonna be a, a full paddock for sure. Absolutely. It's cool to see they have. Because they have some really strong older drivers, but they're also bringing in new ones. So it's good to see, especially if Polo decides to move somewhere else. Yeah, which he's been trying to do for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens there, but uh, maybe he'll go to Formula One. We're going to bring that back. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Bring back those rumors. Um, all right. Now, on to our full season predictions for IndyCar. Um, 
Ben, why don't you go first with the total different race winners? All right. So I think there's going to be six this year. Okay. I think that's a, a nice round number. Uh, we recorded our end of season uh, summary pretty recently, and I already forgot how many I, I predicted last season and how many there actually were. So six feels like a good number. Yeah. I went with eight. Uh, I think with 18 races, eight is probably a good number. It's so hard to tell before the season. Um, but IndyCar is definitely more way more possible for eight winners to happen than in formula one <laughs> yeah you'll actually see uh our predictions i think for f1 were actually half of the total different race winners for each of us yeah right for those predictions so all right total dnfs what do you got ben 87 87 and don't ask me why i just pulled it out okay i also don't have a reason but i went with 96 for the total DNFs for the IndyCar season. Uh, driver with the most DNFs. What do you got, Ben? <laughs> My man, Roman Grosjean. Roman Grosjean. Not a bad guess. Uh, I hope you're not right. <laughs> um, I have Stingray Rob. He uh, he was up there challenging for it last season. Uh, God, I hope you're right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how he's still in the sport, but props to him, I guess um yeah all right driver with most pole positions it's got to be her to please gotta be give Herta. him something okay uh i went with joseph newgarden i'm pulling a u from last season Ooh. Uh, so joseph newgarden is my man on qualifying That's worth a shot yeah we'll see uh most consistent driver what do you have i actually just changed this while we were talking uh but i put cal kirkwood interesting I think even though he's driving for Andretti, I think there's a chance because he felt pretty consistent last season, even with Andretti pit style. So I think it's worth a shot this year if they iron some of those kinks out. Hmm. I like it. All right. Most consistent driver I have is Stingray Rob as well. <laughs> nice. Let's keep in mind, most consistent does not mean consistently at the top necessarily. Uh, just got to be consistent. Just got to really be playing the algorithm. Yep. We're talking standard deviations on finish positions. That's what the metric is. Uh, so Stingray Rob is my pick. <laughs> uh, we're already slandering people this season. We couldn't Stingray even Stingray Rob slander will continue until he either leaves IndyCar or does really, really, really well. Yep. We're only 18 minutes into the season. We're already throwing shade on yep. people who are way more talented than we are. Uh, well... We don't know that. Neither one of us has gotten to drive an Indy car, so... This is true. There's yeah. no way to know. Yep. Uh, maybe in the future, uh, our our phones are open. If you'd like yeah. a, a test driver, um, I'm sure both of us would greatly oblige. I drive really fast in our Honda Clarity plug-in electric hybrid on back roads, so I, I have the training that I need. There you go. <laughs> well, if we're talking electric hybrids, you should drive an F1 car, Ben. There you go. Although IndyCar has been testing with hybrids a lot more this off season, so yeah. it sounds like that's gonna that's imminently coming up, which I think would be a, a good shot in the arm for the sport. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, they already have; they're already basically at carbon neutral with their biofuel. So, um, yeah, more technology 
better things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they could start eating into uh, F1's carbon footprint. And maybe. <laughs> All right. Least consistent driver. What do you have? Uh, also Colton Herta. Colton Herta. Okay. And I have David Malukas. He is at McLaren. So he will have the opportunity to score big points. But he is also David Malukas. So, <laughs> so he will have the opportunity to crash. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's my pick and the reasoning why. Um, all right, driver with the most wins. What do you got, Ben? I have Joseph Newgarden. Okay, and I have Alex Pillow. And that leads into the championship picks. Yep. Which I think it is going to be Newgarden this year. Uh, he did so well in the ovals, and he almost had it put together on many of the street courses. So if he can just, you know get that little extra couple tenths on the street courses and the road courses, I think he'll be set to go and in a very good position. Gotcha. Yep, I have Alex Pillow. Uh, I think he's going to win another one. Uh, just just looking at what happened last season, I don't think there's any real reason to, to believe that will stop. Um, but who knows? Could be wrong. Kind of hope I'm wrong. I hope it's Pedal Award. Uh, but... <laughs> Don't we all see Pato or Marcus Erickson? Those are my two favorites. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think I'm very excited for the IndyCar season. I'm always excited for the IndyCar season. It's so much less predictable than F1 that every race you just have no idea what's going to happen. Same can't be said for F1. F1 is uh, attractive for different reasons. Um, yeah, it's a whole different beast. Yep. But in terms of IndyCar and just the excitement of not knowing what's going to happen going into the race, and even halfway through the race, you don't know who's going to win. Uh, I just I love that sport. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited to go to the Portland Grand Prix again this year. I, I know I say this every year, but this year's the year. I want to go with you, Ben. <laughs> uh, we'll make it happen. Got to make it happen. My sister is getting married in early September, so... <laughs> I need to make sure there's no scheduling conflicts. Oh, wait. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I do have a friend's wedding that's actually happening right around that time. So I don't think this will be my year either. Darn people getting married. Yeah. Yeah. How dare people get married, Ben? Yeah. It's just cough, cough. Just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Formula One. Let's move on. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. List of drivers. There's less drivers in Formula One than any car. Thank goodness. For my throat. Uh, Max Verstappen, of course, came in first last season, followed by Sergio Perez. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, George Russell, Oscar Piastri, Lance Stroll, Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, Alex Albon, Yuki Tsunoda, Valtteri Bottas, Nico Hulkenberg, Daniel Ricciardo, Joe Guan Yu, Kevin Magnuson, and our boy, Logan Sargent. Our boy. Our beautiful Florida man boy. Our beautiful Florida man boy. Yes, the Kyle Kirkwood of Formula One. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, that is the lineup for this season. Um, let's go on to our livery ratings i see memes scrolling past my eyeballs <laughs> in another pane i'm just priming myself to see if there's anything good gotcha 
um that was just a video game ad yeah, yeah. i was Anyways. Like, really confused <laughs> all right um by the way if you're watching on the video format uh we will have many memes this season i'm sure uh, oh yeah ready to go to throw up on screen so if you're on spotify and you're just listening at home i highly suggest moving over to youtube or rumble and uh check out our video feed because you'll be able to see what we're looking at um more graphics just so uh it's easier to explain when you can see it sometimes especially memes plus you can see nathan's reaction whenever i say something stupid <laughs> it's not that bad ben um but uh yeah all right livery ratings <laughs> let's let's go into it ben let's go okay uh all right now with pictures now with pictures yes let's should I, should I bring up a picture for each one uh no i'll put that in post oh okay cool yeah don't worry i got you uh red bull this is going to be a very disorganized format for the first couple of episodes, by the way, until we figure out what we're doing. <laughs> Video. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Red Bull. First off, Ben, uh, out of 10, how do you rate the, the Red Bull livery, if I can speak? It is a 7. It is a 7. I agree. Uh, we both have it at 7. It is a legendary livery. It looks fantastic. And it is same as last year out of 10. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Ferrari is next up. What do you got? So you and I kind of differed on this one. I gave it an eight. Actually, don't mind the yellow and white as much as I thought I would. And I like that it's mostly red. Yes, it is mostly red. People were a little concerned when all of the carbon fiber liveries started coming out. Uh, I personally thought a black ferrari would be really sick but also would be i'd be upset like everybody else uh yeah. it would just look kind of like the haws i think yeah um so you have an eight i have it at a six uh you like the yellow and white i am not a fan of the yellow especially um at least how it's implemented uh i don't like the yellow border around the white numbers for sure um but uh, I'm just nitpicking. I was a little harsh on a lot of these liveries, except for one, which I might have gone to ham on. Uh, and speaking of which, next up is Mercedes. What do you got, Ben? I gave Mercedes an eight. An eight. I like the fact that they're kind of blending the black and the silver arrows. I wish there was a little more silver, but I like the red on the intake mm -hmm. up top. And overall, I think it's just a pretty solid design. And I think any other year, I would have given it a little higher. But every other car is also predominantly black with a little bit of accent coloring. So it kind of gets lost in the shuffle for me. Yeah, uh, I gave it a nine. I love this livery. I love the silver blended with the black. The only reason it doesn't get a 10 is because they took so much paint off that... Uh, yeah, it's it's a very black car. I think they could have gone with a little bit more of the Patronus blue if they mm -hmm. threw a little bit more on the back, especially towards the back end of the car. Uh, I think that would have looked fantastic. 
So that's why it gets a 9. I probably could have bumped it down to an 8. Um, but it's my favorite livery of the season so far. Wow. Until we get to the special liveries, which McLaren always hits out of the park. I wonder what an all Patronus blue car would look like with like red accents. I don't know. Uh, that would be pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> kind of cool. Um, all right. Next up is Alpine. What do you got, Ben? <laughs> I gave this one a five. I also gave this one a five because it's I don't hate it, but it's also nothing special. <laughs> so uh, it's a black car with a little bit of color. They did add some colors to the nose in testing to give them credit. Um, but uh, yeah, not... Huge fan. I don't hate it. It's fine. Uh, next up, we got McLaren. What do you got, Ben? McLaren, I gave this one an 8. Uh, it is another car with black accents, but similar to the stake car, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I really like how much the orange pops. I like that they kind of brightened it up a little bit for this year. I'm still not a huge fan of the Google Chrome uh, wheel covers, but the rest of the car is pretty good, and it really reminds me of their Indy car. Uh, livery which i like a lot so yeah it, it scores pretty highly for me yeah i gave it a seven uh that might have been a little harsh um but i also really like it it does look a lot like their indycar liveries um the only reason i took a lot of points away not a lot it took a couple points off of where it could have been uh they got rid of the blue i love the mclaren blue yeah uh, it, it was kind of cool, like the orange and blue together. Yeah. So it's just black and orange now, which is a very Pato award. Um, but uh, yeah, I miss the blue. They have chrome numbers, which I'm also not a fan of. Um, yeah, they're. I know they're trying to get that Vodafone nostalgia with the chrome numbers, but I'm. Yeah. Didn't, you're not going to get me a McLaren. No, didn't quite pull it off right. Um, but not a bad looking livery by any stretch. Definitely no. up there for me. I think it's ranked above average. I think it's tied. Oh no, it's tied for third. Okay. For me. Um, all right. Not tied for third for me is steak, which is up next. What do you got, Ben? This is a car where at first I was like, oh great. A black and green car. Granted they released their car. It was one of the first ones that we saw. So that kind of softened the blow for me um another black accent car but i really like how bright the green is and it's a car that really sold me when i actually saw it during testing out in the sun and the lights it actually looks really striking and i can appreciate that yeah i think it's actually one of the better black accent cars on the grid and yeah you don't really see much bright green on the grid so good for them this is true so you gave it a seven. Uh, I, in full transparency, originally gave it a four. Uh, I hated the renders. It looks to me like something I would have made in F1, my team, when I was 15 years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do think most of the cars in Need for Speed, when I customized them, ended up being neon green and black. Yeah. Uh, I don't hate the color choices. I just think, and especially the shapes on the livery, I think is what is what I just think my team 
like the livery creator when I see it. I don't know why I had such a vile reaction to it. So that was my original <laughs> was a, was a four. Uh, but then after seeing it on the grid or on the on track, I should say, uh, the color changed from the from the renders, and it actually looked a lot better. While the shapes still make me angry, uh, <laughs> uh, for, some, that, for some reason, save that as a, an, an audio clip. Oh, it, the shapes uh, make Nathan angry. Shapes make me angry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the colors a lot more. And it looked, it definitely popped out and stood out on track. So, um, yeah, I gave it a six, which I know I'm talking it up now, but it, it, I bumped it up from a four <laughs> to a six. Leave me alone. I tried. <laughs> uh, That's a 50% gain for stakes. It's the highest gain they'll see all year. Yep. <laughs> all right. That's six. That's probably the amount of points they'll score this season. Um, oh, I'm just kidding. Batas is actually saying things like, uh, get ready. We're, we're coming. So who knows? But that could just be like Batas saying things. I mean, the man has a legendary mullet, so he's going to say things. Um, he's, he's really fighting Daniel Ricardo for that honorary American title. I mean, <laughs> the dude hangs out in Colorado, has a mullet and likes drinking beer. Yeah. I mean, he drinks gin a lot, though, so I think that I think Ricardo still kind of has that. But if we have two honorary Americans on the grid, it's definitely Ricardo and Batas. And then Lewis Hamilton is also getting up there. He lives in yeah. New York most of the time. <laughs> yeah, the mullet and the mustache really sell it for me and the ball cap. I don't think I've actually seen Danny Ricardo wearing just like a regular like snapback baseball cap. Yeah, no, he wears the uh, like the more flat bill style, but yeah. most Red Bull drivers do. Perez doesn't. Uh, yeah, so probably just style choices. Red Bull has many. Uh, <laughs> so let's go on to Aston Martin. Uh, why did I give? Okay, I'm changing my. This is not. <laughs> it's not. What were you thinking? I, I thought that was kind of weird when I saw it too. Yeah. I don't know why it moved it up in the. No. Okay. Things are happening formatting wise. It's fine. Okay. Aston Martin, go ahead, Ben. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it looks like we're tied now. Yeah. I gave it an eight because I really liked it last year. And this year, there's a little bit less yellow accenting, which I kind of miss. But it's still very tasteful and it's still mostly green. Uh, and it's a really good color green, and I just like how it looks. It's an eight. It's a solid, solid livery. Yeah, I agree. I now I agree. I have changed it from six to eight. I, I, I think I had it at six. I, I really like the livery. I think I had it at six because I don't know why I had it at six, <laughs> but I changed it to eight Skip because moment. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you, and I just could not keep it at the same ranking I now have stake at. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's similar to it ranks similarly to Red Bull for me, but it's a newer livery that I haven't seen for the past however long they've had it. Yeah, I think they're um, starting to try to go for the Ferrari thing where that's just their color because yeah, they've always been pretty solid in that green color, that British racing green, which I love that. Yes, color. it's beautiful. In the next two years, this livery will probably scored the same as red bulls for me yeah 
Yeah, I'd say so. Um, all right. Next up, we've got Haas. We also agree on this one. What do you got, Ben? I gave it a six. I also gave it a six. Uh, nothing inherently wrong with it. It's. I think just... the MoneyGram logo on the front splitter looks like a mustache. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Not sure what to do with that information, but I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's very basic. Another kind of my team-ish kind of. They're kind of an American delivery. team, but also most Americans hate them. Yeah. No, let's. Yeah. It's a hot delivery. They haven't had a good delivery since the Rich Energy one. So um, yeah. there you go. Uh, I have it at six as well. I think putting it alongside steak is fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, RB or V-Carb or Visa Cash App Red Bull or Visa Cash App RB. I don't even know what their name is. It's too long and makes no sense. So RB is what they're officially going by, I guess. I like... Okay, I guess I'll start off with the score. I gave them a seven. Uh-huh. I like that there are so many different colors on this car. Yes. It's pretty cool. It appeals to my five-year-old brain. Absolutely. I see it, and it's shiny blue and white and red, mm-hmm. and it's very exciting. Yes. Um, the green Cash App logo on the front splitter really bothers me. Uh-huh. I don't think green belongs anywhere on this car. Yep. And I don't like the Visa logo on the side. I think it looked better. It just takes up so much space. Uh-huh. I would love to see what this car looks like without that Visa logo and just like a, a straight up blue side pod. Yeah. But I yeah, I like the color combo. Uh I like that they're bringing back the blue. And it just looks a little disjointed to me. Otherwise, I would have given it a higher score. Okay. Uh yeah, this is tied for my least favorite livery on the grid now, which I was shocked about. Because, and I'm actually not going to change this. I have it at a five. <laughs> I have this ranked at a five, same as Alpine. Um, wow. Ouch. I loved this livery when it when it showed up, when the renders came out. Absolutely loved it. And then I saw the rear wing. And hmm. the giant blob of green from the Cash App logo on there on one side of the rear wing, which makes the car look imbalanced. Uh, yeah, it's messed up. Very messed oh, up. Oh, yeah, I meant to, I, I guess I meant to say the rear splitter and not the front okay, splitter. Okay, I was confused, but yeah. <laughs> I just let you run with it. Uh, Thanks. All right, and then also, the front profile of the car is hideous. The white does not work on that front wing. The white and red, when you look at it from straight mm. on, I think it's horrible. That's just my opinion, but I don't like it. I liked this livery. I probably would have put it at a seven or an eight, and then I saw it on track and hated it. So I didn't, okay, didn't hate it, but it dropped it from an eight to a five once I saw it in the sunlight. Ouch. So I, uh, that's a steep drop. I know. Again, I'm being really harsh this season on liveries, but last season where they were mostly so good that. I think we've fallen from grace a little bit here. Yeah. Hey, the teams need to know what you think yeah. so they can fix it. Because my opinion matters to Visa. Yeah. Otherwise, how are they going to know? Yeah. Uh, also, lower your APR rates, please. Uh, 
but we're tired of prime rates <laughs> give us something a little better please yeah i would take a three percent drop yes um all right so that's the rv slander for the day out uh really i think the really thing the, the only thing that really bothers me is the green blob on the rear wing it's atrocious it's really bad that's like almost when like ferrari did the green stripe on their rear fin oh that for one mission year. winnow whatever when I, yeah, yeah that was bad too this is on that, that level. was really bad yeah uh all right last but certainly not least we got williams the williams I gave this one a nine because their sponsorships are well integrated into the livery of the car. Uh, it hasn't changed a whole lot from last year, but I love that Duracell sponsorship uh, logo turning into the copper top on the air intake. Uh, I like the blue color they use every year. It always hits. It actually looks pretty good with the black accents because they've been doing that for a while. It's nothing new or different. Mm -hmm. uh, I do wish they had if they had a little more blue to even out the ratio or even maybe a little copper. I don't know. Uh, maybe Duracell just needed to pay a little more. Uh, this would probably be a 10 out of 10, but I really like it. And yeah, the big thing for me is the sponsorships are well integrated and almost a, a part of the car's livery. Yeah, uh, I, I originally had it at an eight, but as you were talking, I moved it up to a nine. Um, You're welcome, Williams. Yes. I love this livery too. It's fantastic. There's not much to complain about. Um, not quite a 10 because there's not a ton of pop in the colors. Uh, it's not going to stand out on the grid, which I think is the one thing that brings it down from a 10 for me. I mm -hmm. uh, brought it up to a 9 because I think I do like this more than the Mercedes. I'm going to keep Mercedes at a 9, Ooh. but... We'll give this a 9.1. Uh, I think this actually think, might be my, my favorite livery this year. Yeah, me too. I think what would make it a 10 for me? Take that copper from the air intake, put a little strip on the wheel covers. Done. Easy. Oh, yeah. Does it look like a the little top ring. of batteries? Oh, that would look so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that way you see like a, a flashy copper ring as the wheels turn. Yeah. That'd be sick. And then put like Duracell on the end plates of the front wing. So it kind of like stands oh. next to that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just add a little more copper and we're good. Duracell pay up. Yeah. Yeah. I have always, since Boom. Duracell launched with Williams, I've always loved that they've made the air and take the battery. It looks so cool. It makes so much sense. It's awesome. It's perfect. Yeah. So Boom. fix your livery. Yeah. No, great job, Williams. Really can't complain. We're going beyond the level of nitpicking now. So uh, we're actively designing a new one for you. You're welcome. <laughs> OK, Ben, I'll let you do that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, 2025. Well, that that runs off our liveries. That's all 10 teams. Uh, please let us know if you disagree. I'm sure I'm going to get absolutely hated online for my stake livery thoughts. <laughs> But who knows? I don't know. I feel like on principle, the team itself hasn't really gotten that much love. So maybe that'll balance it out. Yeah. And I don't even know if they're steak or if they're kick sauber because they kept calling him kick sauber in testing. Um, but it is officially steak F1 team. 
So yes, but I think Stake is not like legally allowed to operate in Switzerland, and that's caused some problems. I so I think countries. that's why everyone's calling it Kicksalber. Oh, it's a few countries. That's what it is. No, you're absolutely right, Ben. Because anywhere online gambling is not legal, they can't be stake. So that explains why they're called that in Bahrain. Probably all the other Muslim countries. That's why they can't be referenced. Yeah, they can still have it on the car, but they can't be talked about. I don't think they can't even have it on the car. Oh, interesting. No, because uh, it's it's pretty prevalent. It was pretty prevalent in testing. Was it steak or was it kick on the side? I don't remember now. Wait, hold on. Now I'm having Mandela effect. It might have been kick on the side. Because kick is just a streaming platform, right? Yeah. Uh, look this up, Ben, and get back to me, and we'll throw it up on the screen. Uh, but yeah, so with that aside, um, 2025 driver lineup predictions. It was kick on the side. Yeah. Or, or no, stick. it was stick. Huh. Yeah. Wild. Here, uh, Ben, you want to go into your dual screen? Oh, yeah. Throw this up here. Yeah, so. Oh, it's really small. Hold on. There we go. Yeah, so you can see. I don't know if I can make it bigger. Sauber Motorsports. All right, come on. Oh, that had that's the F2, the car. F2 car. Why did it send me there? Know. But you can kind of see from huh. that. But yeah, you can see it's stake. Yeah. And I can't really tell from there. Yeah. Yeah, there stake. we go. Huh. Yep. I know it has to do with advertising for a online gambling site, though, so... Whenever yeah, because for sure, none of the announcers were calling it stake. They're all calling it kick sauber. Yeah. So we'll see how things change with that throughout the season. Um, but uh, yeah. So you can go ahead and go Very back to your headshot, Ben. Yep. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, driver lineup predictions. Let's go over them. 2025 next season who we got not this season next season next season this season is has already been decided <laughs> has very much already been decided yes uh red bull racing who is your lineup for next season this is when the craziness so, starts we're on the first one yes here we go <laughs> the paranoia sets in yeah uh i have four red bull for stappen and science and science okay yeah so we all know that Science is leaving Ferrari mm -hmm. for the 2025 season, and I think he's done well enough to get himself a Red Bull seat. Oh, uh, I don't really see many other drivers I, that really could compete with Verstappen or really even compete for that second place uh, like Red Bull wants them to, except for Science. Yeah. At least not ones that are on the market. Yeah. Now that's it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, um, I have actually gone for Verstappen and Ricardo. Uh, I don't think Ricardo can compete with Verstappen at the moment, but it seems very much to me like he is just being ushered into that seat. Um, so that's my thoughts. I think Ricardo, yeah, like I think Ricardo or Sainz is what's going to be. I don't think Perez yep. will stay next year. Um, 
it's going to be one, one of the other two. options. Yeah, Any, I mean, Albon, I don't think, is going back to Red Bull anytime soon. Albon would be insane to go back to Red Bull. Uh, so, Ricardo signs if they can somehow get Lando Norris out of his contract, which McLaren is adamant that no one can. Uh, Norris would be another one. But anyone else is a downgrade, I think, from Perez. Uh, yep. It's going to be Ricardo or Sainz is my guess. Um, next up, we've got Mercedes. What are your thoughts, Ben? So I've got Russell staying. I mean, he's been a, a consistent performer for them. He's young. I don't see him going anywhere. And then I have Albon, because I think he's good enough to to move on from that Williams seat. Williams has a pretty good relationship with Mercedes, I believe. And I can see him moving into that second slot. And I think he'd be a great driver to support or challenge Russell even. Yeah. Albon was my second shot, uh, second pick for Mercedes as well. But I think it's going to be Russell and Alonso. Mm. I think Alonso will make the jump from Aston Martin into a team that can win races most likely. Maybe. Do you think Alonso's going to be racing long enough for Mercedes to want to give him that shot? Uh, yeah, it makes sense to me. I think Alonso's got at least another few years in him. Uh, I don't think... I don't think... I think him and Hamilton have the same amount of longevity, in my opinion. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, they're around the same age. I think Hamilton's maybe a year or two younger than Alonso. Uh, but... For me, it was a choice between a multiple-time world champion to fill that slot from Hamilton or look to the future, have someone long-term, like super long-term, and go with Albon. Uh, it was a tough choice between those two for me. Albon makes a ton of sense. Um, but in terms of where Mercedes want to get, where they want to be, I think Alonso will get them there faster. And then they could possibly take a younger driver in a few years. There are a few right, drivers in F2. Sense. There's a few drivers in F2 that will almost assuredly be on the grid in the upcoming years and already have a couple years of F1 experience under their belt by the time Alonso retires. Uh, they might be able to snag a Lando Norris by then. They might be able to snag a Piastri by then. Um so I think Alonzo makes a lot of sense to me. Ah, that does make sense. That's really looking far into the future. Well, I think that's what Mercedes has to do right now. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, makes sense. So, all right. Next up, we got Ferrari, and it's already set. So, yep, that one was pretty easy. We agree on that one. Hamilton Leclerc, yep. I think that's going to be a really strong driver pairing. I think there's going to be some fireworks, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Hamilton will probably also really help team strategy in terms of pits and, you know, just overall race strategy, just because he has so much experience from a team who has it down. Uh, he might actually be able to affect and positively influence a team that has seen some struggles in that area before. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, we got McLaren. And both of us don't see any changes. We both have Norris and Piastri in 2025. Yep. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yep. Great racers. 
young racers who will stay with him for a long time as long as McLaren stays relatively close to the top of the midfield or bottom of the top field. Yeah. All right, Aston Martin. Uh, what do you got, Ben? So I have Aston Martin staying the same. Uh, Stroll and Alonso. Um, I have not heard anything about Stroll leaving, and that <laughs> seems pretty sure that he'll probably be staying there. He's not that bad that they need to get rid of him immediately. Yeah. Um, and Alonso, you know, if he has a really good season this year, maybe he chooses to extend and see what he can do there because uh, he has been pretty integral to the development of this program where they're at now. So maybe they can offer him something to keep him there a little longer. Yeah. Um, I have Lance Stroll, and of course I said Alonzo will go to Mercedes, so my prediction is Felipe Drogovic from Formula 2. He is their Very current cool. reserve driver, test driver, uh, and they've already used him as a replacement for Stroll at the beginning of the last season during testing. Um, so it just makes sense to me. They would. He already knows the car. They've already like him. Uh, he's honestly pretty quick. So uh, I think Dragovic makes a lot of sense. Yep. I will say I I would like to see Dragovic maybe take Stroll's spot in 2025. I don't know how likely that is, but that'd be a, a cool driver swap. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Alpine. What do you got, Ben? Same as always, Gasoline Ocon. Yep, same here. I don't see that changing either. Um, and then Williams. Who do you got? Oh. I have a... <laughs> you're going to love this one. So I have Perez. I think it's it's definitely a drop for Red Bull, but I think it's a team culture that could really support him. And he won't be getting nearly as many points, but I think it's a good place for him to really flex his skills and show off what he can do in a car and a team that really can throw their support behind him as the main driver. And then hopefully maybe Logan Sargent stays. Uh, of course, I'd kind of want to see the Americans stay in, but if he does well this year, I don't see why they wouldn't extend, especially if Albon gets a chance to head elsewhere. Yes. Um, and a chance for Sargent to learn from a racer like Perez, I think would be huge in his development. Absolutely. Uh, I have Albon staying at Williams, and then I also have Perez at Williams. Um, I do, of course, want Sargent to stay in the sport, uh, but I only see that happening if he has a solid season and Alex Albon leaves. Yeah. Because I am 95% sure that Perez will not be at Red Bull next season. And there are only a couple of landing spots that make sense for him and that will probably have openings. And those are Williams and Haas and maybe Stake. Uh, but if I were him and I had those three options, I would choose Williams three out of three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unquestioned. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, I've got Albon Perez for Williams. Uh, next up, we have RB. What do you got, Ben? I have Lawson and Ricardo. Uh, I know you had Ricardo moving up to Red Bull, but I have Ricardo staying there. Um, we saw a little bit from him last year and competent, but versus Signs in the same seat, I don't think he would have a chance at Red Bull uh, in terms of race pace or what he could do for the team. Yeah, And I would like to see him maybe stay at 
RB to provide, you know, team feedback and also to give experience similar to like Perez and Sargent, uh, kind of take that leadership role and help mentor Lawson, who is super promising coming into it, but will definitely still need some mentorship. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I also have Liam Lawson in the RB next season. He was essentially promised that seat by Helmut Marco. Uh, that does not really mean anything in F1 world, but uh, I I just don't. It makes no sense to keep Lawson out for another year. Um, so I have Lawson in the first spot, and then I have Ayumu Iwasa in the second spot. Who is a he was an F2 driver forever in the Red Bull development program. Uh, he was just just missed out uh, to Yuki Sonoda getting selected. And uh, then, of course, AlphaTauri was kind of slotted in full for a long time. Haven't had a lot of new Red Bull talent come into the sport recently, so I think they are going to wipe the slate clean and start fresh next season. Um, so I think it's going to be Lawson and Iwasa. Iwasa is the one that seems like it might be a toss-up. He's currently competing in Japanese Super Formula. Um, so it could be somebody else. Uh, there are so many Red Bull development drivers, up-and-comers. Um, but to me, that's the most likely second person to Lawson. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on RB. That one seems like I will most likely not get that one correct. but <laughs> It's worth a shot. Let's see. That'd be cool to see. Yeah. All right, Stake, what do you got? So, the long-winded Schumacher return. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Michael Schumacher, um, <laughs> yeah, but that's not Mick happen. Schumacher. Oh. Yeah, uh, Mick Schumacher and Nico Hulkenberg, because I think they'll be setting up for the 2026 season where they become an Audi team. And I think an Audi team is going to want some German drivers. I think Hulkenberg has the experience that they would need to guide the team. And I think Schumacher has the obviously the weight of the name. And all the stuff he can do marketing-wise with that, in addition to the fact that he's a young driver who's gotten some experience uh, on the grid, uh, take that for what you will. And he's also been very closely tied in with Mercedes, and I'm sure getting at least some experience that in uh, that respect. So I think he might actually have a chance um, at Audi once that team takes shape. Yeah. Um, I have Carlos Sainz and Teo Porcher, a completely different set of people. Uh, your Schumacher thing makes a lot of sense. If I were to make a change to this list currently, I would probably remove Porcher and put Schumacher in that spot. Um, just to have a German driver there. The reason I did not have Sainz going to Red Bull is because I had him going to stake the entire time. Uh... Reason being, Stake, of course, as most people know, is going to turn into Audi in 2026. Uh, and Sainz and his father both have very close ties with Audi. And so it makes sense to me that Sainz would want to go there, get his foothold, because mm -hmm. he would have a couple years with that team. And then when they turn into Audi, have all the money, have the engines, have all the development that's going into the 2026 car. He will be in that team, all set up. He will be obviously the team leader, and so he'd be the driver. He'd be the driver, yeah. So for me, 
science looking at Red Bull versus Stake. You either win possibly, well, you go to Red Bull and have a race winning car now, but also drive next to one of the greatest drivers of all time. Or you go to Stake, where you're going to be probably at the back of the field right now, but in a couple years' time, most likely challenging for the championship. Yeah, yeah. The, the science decision for this team was kind of a linchpin for my entire predictions sheet. Once they got down to that, I just kind of took a couple minutes and looked at my predictions and thought, oh no, this this might not work. Yeah. Because it, it just seems like such a solid pairing. Yeah. Um, I'm really not sure about Hulkenberg in that position, what his longevity would be, but it's worth a shot. Well, honestly, looking at yours, if I were to change anything for yours, I would take Hulkenberg out and put Sainz in next to Schumacher. Yeah. I think Sainz Schumacher makes a lot of sense too. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Porsche. Or maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I chose uh, to. I have a. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say I chose Teo Porcher because he's currently their reserve driver and he won Formula 2 last season, I believe. So, uh, makes sense to me. Yep, great young driver to have in the, in the seat. Yep. Yeah. So, my Haas one is kind of weird. I was actually just looking about it and thinking I might actually switch Okay. Uh, one of the drivers. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you guess which one with uh, Hulkenberg Estate. Uh, for Haas, I had Bottas and Antonelli. Um, Bottas is who I was thinking would be a pretty easy switch for Hulkenberg uh, between Stake and Haas, since Hulkenberg's already at Haas and Bottas is already at Stake. Um, and again, he would kind of fill in that team development leadership mentorship position pretty well, depending on how long he wants to stay in the sport, that is. Yep. Um, That's the big question mark for me, yeah. Yeah, but... I have Bottas at Haas right now, just to shake things up, see what happens. And aside from that, it's pretty much the same as yours. Antonelli is a, a pretty good young driver. I think he would be able to learn and hopefully pick up the reins. And uh, maybe once Haas starts doing well, we'll be able to actually also do well. Yeah. Uh, I have Hulkenberg staying at Haas. And then I also have Kimi Antonelli uh, as the second driver in 2025. He wins in any car he's ever driven. Um, so he's he's just starting F2 this year. Depending on how he does in F2, he might get into F1. He might not. Uh, he is being touted as the next big up-and-comer, kind of like Leclerc was, like Norris was, um, like Piastri was. Uh, so... He's kind of the next guy. He won Formula 4, and then the next season won Formula 3, and now he's going into Formula 2. And those previous two seasons, he won handily, and it uh, wasn't even really in question at all. Uh, so depending on how he does in F2, if he wins, I think he's guaranteed a spot in F1 next season, just with all of the chaos going on, especially at a yep. team that likes to wait until last second to announce their drivers like Haas. Um, yeah so i think he gets in next year with haas just like you um, yep yeah and actually just went back and i switched hulkenberg for bottas so i now have stake with bottas and schumacher and haas with hulkenberg and antonelli that makes sense to me uh, too, for yeah. the reasons that i was talking about 
I think that just makes more sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I have Bottas leaving F1. I have Joe leaving F1. Uh, who else? Do I have anybody else leaving F1? That might be it. Sunoda. Sunoda. I have out. Yeah. Uh, SDU. So. Yes. I have Bottas staying in, but I have Magnuson. Oh, Magnuson, oh, also, Magnuson leaving. also leaving. Yeah. Uh, I think I have one more rookie on my list than you, so that would make sense. Because yeah, you don't have yes. Bottas leaving, you... but I do. So yeah, and I have Sergeant staying, but you have Iwasa coming in. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So uh, those are our we'll predictions see. for the 2025 driver lineup. We'll see what happens. I'm sure none of this will be correct because this silly season is going to be absolutely insane. I can't wait. Uh, I am also very excited. This this Hamilton thing shook up the field so much. Uh, it's exactly what we needed. Yeah. It was the catalyst, um, much like the Vettel retirement slash Alonzo to Aston Martin slash Piastri. It has come to my attention tweet. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, very fun stuff. All right, let's move into our full season predictions for Formula One this season. Ben, say it with Structures Championship. It's going to be Red Bull first in first place. First place is going to be Red Bull. Yep. Yeah, Red Bull in first place. Anyone surprised uh, has not watched the last two seasons. Um, all right, Ferrari. Yep, Ferrari for second, second for me and for you. And then third place, who do you have? I have Mercedes. This is where we kind of diverge a little bit. Yep, I have McLaren. In uh, testing, Mercedes did not quite look on it. So I got McLaren third. And then what do you got? Fourth. I have McLaren in fourth. And I have Mercedes in fourth. So we just switched those. Just switched. I don't think McLaren's going to be super far behind, but God, they, no matter how they look in testing, they always seem to struggle at the start of the season. And I think that'll just give Mercedes a little bit of an edge. This is this is the year. I'm wearing my McLaren hat filming this. This is the year they don't start off bad. Mm-hmm, if they mm-hmm. can start a year not bad... If they started last year where they ended last year and just kept it all the way through, probably would have been Ferrari. second. Yeah. They would have been second in the championship. This is the year. This is our year, boys. Uh, Stay strong, McLaren fans. Stay strong. Yes. Yeah. Just keep believing. If you watched the third episode of season six of Drive to Survive, there are some concerns, but let's not talk about that. Uh <laughs> I'm still watching Drive to Survive right now, but I just watched the McLaren episode and it was dramatized, I'm sure, but it it was a little concerning. Uh, Anyway, moving on to fifth place in the championship. Who do you got? Another uh, little divergence. I have Aston Martin in fifth. I've got RB because they copied the Red Bull from last season. That does Uh, make sense. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, and then sixth place, who do you got? RB. Because they copied the Red Bull from last season. Yeah, I've got Aston Martin, so we switched those. Yep. Uh, and then seventh, what who do you got? And Here seventh, we're the same. Yep, I have Williams. Yep. Eighth, we've got Alpine. Ninth, Ninth we is, have Stake. Yep, Stake, and then Haas falling up the rear. Yeah. Yep. I don't see Haas getting anything better than tenth. Yep. The leadership uh, change, along with a car that we have heard next to nothing about the development on. Except for bad things. Yeah, except for bad things. Uh, does not bode well. Yeah. 
Hasa Hasa has already come out and said that they are not where they want to be at the beginning of the season. Although they have been uh, saying that for the past three seasons, four seasons. Yep, and they've gotten last the past three or four seasons, right? <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. What uh, can you do? Yeah, I don't think things are gonna get any better for Haas, uh, unfortunately for them. But uh, yeah, all right, drivers' championship. This is where things get spicy. Uh, first place, say it with me, Ben. It's Verstappen. Yeah. Okay. So not quite spicy yet. Second place, who do you got? It's Perez. I got Perez. I think as the well. car will drive him through it. Yeah, Red Bull's so dominant. Even though I think Perez will perform worse than he did last year, I think uh, the car will keep him in second place. My wife is going to hate the amount of Perez slander in this episode. Well, you know what? We've already explained to her, I don't know how many times, that we don't hate <laughs> Perez, but he deserves it. Uh, not as a person, but just as far as his driving goes. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy. Wonderful guy. Love the guy. Honestly, he probably closer to a home team driver for us living in Oregon than a rich kid from Fort Lauderdale, Florida is. Yeah. Or a Canadian from Montreal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we don't hate Perez. We're going to already start off. We're only an hour and eight minutes into this season. <laughs> we already have to start off with the... The disclaimer. The asterisk, the disclaimer. We don't hate Perez. We just think he's just, not as good a driver as he should be. It's not even that. I just think he's just. I just think anybody that pairs Max Verstappen is just screwed. That is also fair. Yeah, it's just career suicide. So like. It's not slander as much as it's like just, you know, he can't do anything. <laughs> Subjective <laughs> fact. Yeah, he, it's Verstappen like anybody in that seat. I'm convinced that anybody that sits next to Verstappen is going to have their career tank. I don't think even Sainz could could challenge, at least in the first year. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, but, yeah, we don't hate Perez. He's just not where Red Bull needs him to be, and I don't think he can be where Red Bull needs him to be. Yep. All right. With Moving all that out of that. the way. Yeah. <laughs> third place. Who do you I got? have Russell. And I have Sainz. All right, fourth place. I have Sainz. And I have Leclerc. Ooh. Fifth place. I have Hamilton. I have Lando Norris. Wow, you have Norris beating Hamilton. Yep. Okay. Sixth place. I have Leclerc. And I have Hamilton. Alrighty. Seventh place. I have Norris. I've got Piastri. All right, I have Piastri in eighth. Okay, and I have Russell in eighth. And then ninth. We both have Alonzo, it looks like. Both have Alonzo in ninth. Tenth place. Uh, Alcon. I have Ricardo. Ooh. Eleventh uh, place. Uh, I have Gasly. I have Sonoda. They both scored so close to each other last season. And yeah. I have to believe that. I know Alpine is not looking great right now, but I have to believe they at least have something going on for them. Yeah. Um, where were we? Twelfth. 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 Yeah, I have Stroll in 12th. I have Alex Albon. I think it's another situation of he's not faster than Albon, but I think the car is faster than Williams. Yeah. Uh, and All right. 13th, 13th, I have Ricardo. I have Stroll. 14th. Albon. I have Gasly. 15th. 
Hulkenberg, Haas' strongest soldier. Yes, and I have Estevan Akon. I would have put him in 10th, but the amount of penalties he's going to get uh, might set him back. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, 16th. I have Sunoda in 16th. I almost forgot I have to put him. Sergeant. I have Sergeant in 16th, which means he's going to have to pick up some points. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think the Williams is going to be better this year, though. I really hope I so. Think. Yeah. 17th. Uh, Bottas. Oh, yeah. Look at that. And then we both have Joe in 18th. Yep. And then at 19th. I have Magnuson. I have Hulkenberg. And then in 20th. I know I, I keep saying that I'm bullish on Sergeant. And I keep putting him the lowest of the point scoring, but I like to hedge my bets. So Sergeant yeah. is my 20th pick. Okay, I have Magnuson in last. Also a very uh, solid choice. Yeah. All right. Um, total safety cars, that runs off the championship predictions. So now we're up to total safety cars and BSCs. We got pretty close to this last season. How are we going to do this year? What do you got, Ben? I have 25. We have 24 races. If you include China, which uh, you can't see my expression if you're listening in just audio, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, that gives room for a little over one per race. And I know that there are some races that won't have any. So I'm hopeful. Yep. I've got 29. Uh, same reasoning. I think we're going to get a little more than one per race on average. Um, but we'll see. Might yep. be more. Uh, all right. Most fastest laps. Who do you got, Ben? I have Verstappen. I've got Sainz. Interesting. Uh, no particular reason. I just don't think it'll be Verstappen because he doesn't have to drive as fast as he can to win. <laughs> uh, so that's my reasoning. Uh, total different race winners. I think there's going to be three this year, which, like I said, is half the amount that I thought in IndyCar. Uh, and I'm going to say four, which is half the amount that I thought in IndyCar. Yep. Uh, um, who do you think are going to be the race winners? Verstappen, Perez, Norris, and... Oh, don't put me on the spot like this, <laughs> I'm going to say Leclerc gets his first win in a couple years. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say for my top three, I've got Verstappen, Perez, and I was going to give it to Sainz. Yeah. I know he kind of Sainz. lucked out in Singapore and got that win by the skin of his teeth and Red Bull's yeah. poor performance there, but I want to believe he can do that again. Yeah, I think Sainz is probably more likely to get the win than Leclerc, but Leclerc has been suffering for the last couple of years and he's about to get paired next to a seven-time world champion. The goat, yeah. So I need him to to get a W this season. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, we've got fastest pit stop team. I've got Ferrari for this one. I've got McLaren because they've won it the last two years. Yep. Uh, total DNFs. I've got fifty, which is far less than what you have. I have seventy-one. Uh, I think. An average of two per race plus, uh, yeah, I might be a little over. Uh, we'll see. I'll keep it where it is. But <laughs> yeah, well, I guess fifty DNFs only was... counts for both Alpines per race, so I, I might yeah. be a little low on that. Right. Speaking of which, team with the most DNFs, we <laughs> both have Alpine. Yep. Old uh, reliable. 
Yeah, it was Williams last year because, well, it was it was Logan Sargent last year. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> I think he'll be better this year. I do Not too. Not working anymore. Um, all right, driver with most pole positions. Max Verstappen. Yep, both have Max Verstappen. Most consistent driver. Also Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. Yep. Least consistent driver. We disagree on this one. Yeah. Uh, Perez has the highest ceiling, I think, given his car, but also the lowest floor uh, given his luck. Okay. I have Yuki Tsunoda because he has moments of brilliance where he'll get fourth place, fifth, fourth, fifth place. Uh, and I think that will just be elevated because I think the RB will be better than it was last year. Um, but then he also has races where he's just kind of in last. Uh, so that's why I've got Tsunoda there. All right. Uh, most consistent team. It's going to be Red Bull. Have Red Bull, yep. And then least consistent team. This is interesting. Good old Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari. Doing Ferrari things. Yep. Um, and I have Aston Martin. I think they'll be up and down, kind of like last year, but I think it'll be mm. a little more extreme. It'll just get measurably worse after summer break when every other team yeah. gets better. Right, exactly. Um, all right, so that rounds off our full season predictions. Almost. Uh, now we have a couple of grab bag predictions. They're just, uh, they're not under categories. They're just predictions that we each have that we'll see if they come true. Yeah. All so, right. yeah, my first prediction is GP2 engine or something similar where Alonzo will complain about something, some aspect of his car being terrible. Okay. Uh, let's change that to Alonzo complains about his car. Okay. <laughs> because at the end of the season, we're not going to know what GP2 engine is. <laughs> That's fair. All right. My first prediction is Haas will sell to Andretti Global. Wow. That's my prediction for 2024-25. I think this is Haas's last season. Uh, they have just fired their team principal and hired someone who has no experience being a team principal. They have two drivers that are really... They're fine. Um, and they have not built a good car in five years. Uh, Gene Haas has already pulled his his funding. He's not funding the team anymore. They're just they just have their name his name attached to him. Cool. Um. So, if Gene Haas is tired of being the butt of every joke in Formula One, and is offered the right price from Mario Andretti or it's it's Michael Michael Andretti runs Andretti Global now. Uh, if Michael Andretti offers him the right price. I don't see Gene Haas saying no. Yeah, I hate that. That's probably how Andretti's going to have to get in if they want to get in sooner than 2028. But I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Uh, I want to put a percentage on this. I think there's a 40% chance that this happens. Bold odds. Hmm? Bold odds, indeed. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, all all right. right. My second prediction is Red Bull will sack Christian Horner. This is much more topical to right now, but uh, it might be a little bit before we get any actual action after the the findings or I don't know. We'll see. 
Well, Ford wants something before the race, so yeah, uh, I think it'll be within. It'll probably be this week. We find out. Yeah, um, and I think even but, if the allegations are, you know, deemed to be false by the investigation, um, whatever happens, I think I don't know if Horner will stay given all the controversy that this has swirled up and all uh, that's come into question about the team. I think that's a lot of publicity that will probably want to be put behind them. Yep. Uh, percentage on this, probably 70. Wow, that high? I was going to give it a 60%, but 70. 60. Yeah. 60, well, uh, I kind of no, want to... probably right. I 60. Wanna, it just waited a little more because the allegations might turn out to be true, in which case that's 100% likely. And if they turn yeah, out to be false, true. I think there's still a pretty good chance that he doesn't stay for much longer. Yeah, if they're true, he's definitely gone. If they're not true, yeah. Who knows? Uh, I just think Ford is going to drive the decision a lot more than anything else. Yeah. Because they do not want to lose the Ford deal. Because they'd be screwed. They'd be they'd be so far behind everybody else. Uh, in terms of just deals and paperwork and like everyone's already got their engine supplier set for 2026. So yeah, Red Bull does not want to fall behind like that because they'd probably what they'd end up having to do is stick with Honda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honda's already going to be Aston Martin's supplier in 2026. So they already are, are developing a car. They're already with Honda. Um, but then it's like, would Honda want to take Red Bull because Red Bull jumped ship? Uh, so, you know, it's hard to know. Yeah. Uh, that's when it gets dicey and complicated. So I would say Red Bull just does not want to lose the deal with Ford. Yep. All right. Next up, number two for me, I have Norris wins a race. We already alluded to that. Uh, but that is my other prediction. I'm not going to put a percentage on this because I'm a McLaren fan and they always let me down. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Expect the worst and hope for the best. Yep, exactly. All right, number three, Ben, what do you got? I have Polo to F1 rumors start again. I gave this a it. <laughs> 95%. Yeah, I did change it. Uh, I gave this a 95% chance of happening. Okay. Uh, Polo to F1 rumors again. Well, I've already started them, so you can check that <laughs> off the list. Wonderful. No. Uh, all right. Uh, official F1 rumors, like we're talking all over Reddit. Yep. Um, Which is our official source of news, if you didn't already know. <laughs> Which means I news is one thousand percent accurate, yeah, and not speculatory at all. <laughs> uh, all right, and then my final grab bag prediction is P two, P three, and P four teams in the championship finish within twenty points at the end of the season. So second, third, and fourth, whether it's probably going to be Ferrari, McLaren, and Mercedes, I think we'll all be within twenty points of each other at the end of the season. Okay. I like that one. That one's exciting. Yep. All right. That is our full season predictions officially done. Let's move on to our weekly predictions. We are closing in on the end of this episode. We are at an hour, 22 minutes. So uh, probably a good thing. Yep. There was a lot to talk about. Lots to go over. Um, all right. Bahrain Grand Prix. Top five, Ben, go. We're stopping. Hamilton, Sainz, Perez, and Russell in fifth, with Albon as my dark horse. Okay. 
think we're right back where we were last season. Yeah, I have Verstappen, Sainz, Leclerc, Perez, and Norris with Alonso as my dark horse. Very nice. Fastest lap. And it's going to be Verstappen. It's going to be Verstappen. Yeah, both of us put Verstappen. And the driver of the day, who do you got? I think Hamilton. If Hamilton comes in second, especially after a lot of people saw the testing results, I think that he will probably secure that bag. And I, for the exact same reason as you, have put Carlos Sainz. There we go. If he comes in second, I think he'll get it. Now they're just competing uh, for driver of the day in addition to uh, Ferrari seats. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, those are our predictions. Let's go over everyone's favorite segment. Ben's words of wisdom. Indeed. What do you have for us in this first inaugural episode of season three of Rev Hang? This might be a little political, but invest in defense ETFs and the industrial military complex. Your money is going to them anyways. You might as well get some back as dividends and stock options. Um, oh, I love it. There is an ETF that I've been watching. Most of the ETFs since, you know, early 2000s. Uh, have gone up by hundreds of percents in points. So it's a very, very safe... Well, hold on. I should put a disclaimer. This is not investment. <laughs> <We are> not. <laughs> this is not financial <laughs> advice. Do not... Please don't get us sued. <laughs> yeah. then. can't afford that. <laughs> but, I mean, they just keep going up. And, you know, bad things keep happening. And peop- if... There are companies that make a lot of money off of that. So I just... Oh, this is getting so, so bad. Um, it's going to fit right in on Rumble. I think oh, it's no. going to be fine. Uh, yeah, but I I genuinely think that if you want to get into stocks, I think military industrial complex ETFs, which are essentially a, a conglomeration of a bunch of different uh, company stocks, are going to go up... A lot of money take that for what you will okay not financial advice <laughs> no not at all just ben's unofficial words of wisdom i'm not even sure it's really that morally sound but you know <laughs> i love where this what season is. is going this is gonna be a, to a really strong start um yeah <laughs> also if you see it on screen sharing with you right now um uh-huh. it's my favorite meme that i've seen so far this week I'm not sure I get it. Hold on. Can I share this with, uh, with everybody yeah. else? Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure everybody can see it. Yeah. So it's the, Al- explain. it's the Alpine team cycle. Uh, it starts out and it's so over. And then as the season goes on, it's so over. Uh, you get towards the middle of the season after summer break and it's it's so over. And then as you get to the end of the season, you realize it's so over. Okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> no optimism in Alpine's uh, fan base whatsoever. Apparently, <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I love this being able to share things that I think are funny that nobody else thinks are funny with everybody else. Well, that's gonna happen, Ben. I just didn't understand it, but it does make sense now. It uh, gets funnier once I explain it too. I think. Yeah, it does. Yes. Yeah, it's true. It's 1,000% true. <laughs> um, all right. The 
with all that being said, thank you everybody so much for watching and listening. We're very glad to be back. We love talking about F1. We're super excited for the season ahead. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. If you want to see more, subscribe or follow. Helps us out a lot. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming racing from those two series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have questions about racing or about us, hit us up on X, formerly known as Twitter, using hashtag RevHangPodcast. We may feature your question on the next show. You can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. We'll be back in a little over a week to talk about the Bahrain Grand Prix, but until then, I've been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Take it easy.